It's time to play ball. Welcome to the podcast with no limits. Whether it be sports, current events, or random thoughts, this is the place to step in and stay a while. Your host is a proud alumnus of Rio Hondo Prep, a former minor league baseball umpire, and a man with strong opinions. Welcome to the Get Home Safe Podcast and your host, Matt Persima. Hey guys, and welcome to another episode of Get Home Safe. It is Thursday, June 4th, 2020. We have on the show today, Rich Padilla, very good friend of mine, a a good leader in the baseball umpiring community. He has umpired college baseball a long time. He is retired, retired a couple years ago, that is, and now he assigns college baseball in the community college level. He also does a lot of observing for umpires, so he's pretty passionate about the umpiring profession and the brotherhood. Uh, He also does some acting. He's done some acting. Uh, He was in the movie Moneyball with Brad Pitt, uh, among others. Uh, He's done some other acting work, some other commercials and some uh, films. Uh, we'll, We'll get into all that with Rich, so really looking forward to talking with him today about all that. I will say that, uh, you know, as times move forward here with everything that is going on around the country, the protesting, the rioting, the uh, conversation about uh, the different relationships and, and just experiences, interactions we all have in this in this uh, walk of life, you know, I don't want to uh, ignore any of that. I am definitely going to do a little talking about it here and there. Uh, I don't want to take away from our guests who have come on the program Uh, They have volunteered their time to sit down with me over the phone and have recordings done. Uh, Most of these recordings were done uh, over a week ago, so I want to make sure they get their time and place into our uh, our podcast because it's important to me to to uh, you know be be there for them as they want as they I told them they'd be on the show and and uh, I'm so gracious that they came on. So Rich Padilla today, Joe Baldino tomorrow. A former football official and a guy who uh, is around baseball himself a little bit. We'll get to, we'll get to those interviews. I will have a little thing to say before and after. I've mentioned that yesterday and Tuesday, but I just want to continue to repeat myself and, and make sure that it's clear that I'm not ignoring anything. There will be some uh, thoughts uh, and opinions on what is going on. I do want to say I am pretty upset about the police officers who have been killed the past few days. It seems like almost they're being forgotten. Um, it's it's a it's a it's a really is a shame, and uh, you know it's it's there's no there's no excuse. There really isn't. Um, again, I'm not taking away from what happened last week in Minneapolis. I, I can't say it enough. Uh, it was wrong what happened to George Floyd. Uh, but but I think we're better. We're we are better as a society than we are behaving right now, and uh, it's unfortunate. You know, it's not just the rioters. It's a lot of different opinions, and and I think there's a lot of ugliness going on. A lot of uh, you know, friends not being friends anymore, and and it's really sad to see. So I hope in moving forward that we do have some uh, place to agree, some place to uh, find some common ground. I, I I really don't know. I'm at a loss for words, really, but I really hope that we can have some improvements here. I'm gonna really try to have some guests on next week who uh, have some perspective on these things. I've already recorded a few last week, so there won't be the, the current event topics, but we will get to that with some uh, some guests here in the near future. I plan on bringing a few police officers, current and retired, onto this program. So just a heads up, look forward to that either next week or the week after. That is our plan. And you know what? The way things are, I may do some episodes on the weekend just because, you know what? I think this is a very unique time it's a scary time and and i think it wouldn't hurt to put some more episodes out no reason really to take breaks if if it's just recordings with uh friends and colleagues and even those who disagree with me too or or us uh you know i think these things could be beneficial so i look forward to conducting some more interviews very soon i will go about doing that reaching out to various people and and uh yeah just stay tuned follow us on all of our social media and you should be uh, kept up to date. But let's get right to Rich Padilla. He was uh, gracious enough to sit down with me 
last week and uh, over the phone just have a nice conversation so let's get right to him after a quick break we will start right in with our interview with mr rich padilla enjoy Okay, today we are joined by Rich Padilla. He is a retired college baseball umpire. He currently assigns community college baseball umpires in the Inland Empire Conference and the South Coast Conference. He also does some observations for NCAA baseball. Uh, just an all-around great guy. Uh, grew. Uh, he's from the area that I grew up in, in Glendora, California. It should be a fun time to chat with rich and rich i just want to welcome you to the program thanks matt pleasure being here whoa everything okay over there rich yeah. <laughs> a little knocked over a little piece of paper <laughs> <laughs> well very cool well, well rich i appreciate you being on the program uh we'll have plenty to talk about a lot of it it will be around baseball and just umpiring and i've had the privilege to work a lot of games with you before you stepped away from the field and kind of took a, a role as a, an observer and as a, as a, uh, a signer in, in some conferences. So, Rich, what can you tell me about umpiring, your career path, how you got started with it? I know you, you retired uh, you know, after working your second consecutive Division II College World Series, but where did it all start for you and what was kind of the path like? It, it all started by accident. I had been playing all my life. Um, I started, uh, doing a little coaching for my son. They needed a volunteer umpire. I thought I'd try it out. What the heck? And then the <laughs> thing I know 37 years later is when I finally stopped umpiring. <laughs> <laughs> it's so funny that a lot of people who tell me how they started, it was very similar stories. Uh, oh, they needed a guy. They needed a guy here. They needed a guy there. And and unfortunately, in today's world, you know, we're not playing baseball right now, but but there is definitely a need for that guy. A lot of places, there's a huge shortage of, of officials. And it's not just now. It dates back to, to when you were starting out. Way back. Now, I uh, assigning games, I, I like to go to the uh, – the campuses that I assign and talk to the teams. And one of the things I, I try not to forget is to remind them that um, players, players today are probably the umpires for tomorrow. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and the option, the option is uh, they can, they can come out, work games, do something they enjoy and uh, probably make more money than flipping burgers. <laughs> I know when I started, Rich, that was a big uh, that was a big thing. Was you can make more money doing that. You can make some money. Yeah, people yell at you occasionally, but I didn't want to be in a snack bar. I didn't want to be at a working at a restaurant. I like being on a on a ball field for a couple hours and and making some money. Not not nothing too. Uh, t- nothing too rich or anything. But it was cool making money on ball fields at a young age. Exactly. And, and anymore now, uh, you know, a kid can do four or five little league games and go home with 150 bucks. You know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I think it's perfect for college students. It's tough for, for guys who are playing baseball uh, in yeah. college because th- that there's so much of their time is that, but I, I started it while I was in college and it was great because you didn't have to have this set schedule that you do for like other jobs. You, you right. can just, yeah, go on a, in a, in a uh, Thursday evening or a Saturday uh, morning into afternoon and rack up some games. And it, it was great opportunity to make money and still set aside time for your studies. Absolutely. Or take a girl out. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> I love it. Always thinking ahead, Rich. Nice, nice. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure those umpire instincts came in uh, came in handy for you. So, oh, so yeah. you started <laughs> so you started out by accident, just kind of helping out because again there was a need for it, and you you transitioned and, and I'm assuming eventually joined a high school group. I did uh, join the Foothill unit out here, and mm-hmm. uh, worked high school for about four or five years. And uh, while I was doing that, doing youth ball out here. Um, couple of guys by by the name of uh, Paladino, Mike Paladino, 
Um, he was my mentor. Um, big guy that used to just say, you know, you miss so many today. I doubt that I can use you tomorrow. <laughs> you know, really, you know, uh, just, he just was a down home guy that just told you and told it like it was and, um, helped you get better. And, and that's, that's been my whole thing. He, he helped me. I want to help others just get better. That's the, yeah, the name of the game and the name of the craft, right, is, is passing on. Because when you're starting out, you don't know, you don't know anything. I mean, even the guys who say, oh, I played baseball, I coach baseball, you still don't know anything. And a lot of the things you learn is just trial by fire. Right. And, and unfortunately, yeah, and, and unfortunately, things haven't changed much at the high school level. There's such a demand for umpires and there's a huge shortage. So guys need to get used and also just learn, uh, you know, by the, by all the things that happen and go wrong. And, uh, unfortunately some guys don't stick with it because, uh, there's, it's not always easy. Exactly. Right. It's, I, I just say, you know, it's what you learn after you know it all that makes a difference. <laughs> I love it. That's a great quote, Rich. I love it. That's good stuff. Um, so high school, so how long did you work at the high school level then before eventually climbing into the college ranks? I worked five years doing high school and then, um, got into the college unit back, back in those days. Um, the college units were, were one big unit. All the schools were assigned through one big association, uh, each, each, conference would contract to this umpire association and it was the southern california umpires association and and a guy by the name of dale williams uh he assigned it all he assigned he assigned everything above jc Uh, he assigned D3, D2, and D1. Wow. <laughs> that's, that's a lot of work uh, in all the schools down here, various levels. So, Rich, before you jumped into that, did you work at all at the community college level, or did you just kind of jump right at, uh, ahead to Division three, Division two, and then eventually no, to Division I, one? I, I did, uh I did D2, uh, excuse me, D1, uh, JC for about uh, – well, I worked JC – up until I was probably, oh, 45 years old before I started getting a full D1 schedule and just didn't mm-hmm. have time to do JC any longer. Yeah, you know, so much of baseball is about availability. And right. Guys oh, so true. I mean, guys have jobs and careers and families and you know what most baseball uh, schools or schools, you know, that play baseball at the high school level, there's not many that, that play night games at all. Uh, junior right. college, there's not very many. The the other divisions, divisions two and, and division one, of course, that they're, they're playing a lot more night games. So it's more accessible and guys are more available. But it's just this consistent challenge of finding guys that are available at, you know, one o'clock in the afternoon on a Tuesday. Yeah, if you if you think about if you think about it, you got a guy that's got a nine to five, and mm-hmm. and he has got a game that starts at two o'clock at Pepperdine, say, or <laughs> or Irvine, and he's working downtown L.A. He's got to get off work by noon to get there to get yeah. the game an hour ahead of time, and. You know, some employers are not that understanding. <laughs> I, I I always ask guys what they do when I work with them. And, and it's always, I try to figure it out because I've never really had to do this, just kind of being, you know, a full-time official and w- working for Uber, Uber and Lyft and things. But I always ask the guys, I'm like, how do you, what do you tell your bosses? Like, how do you guys get out of work? There's only so many sick days you have. There's so many, so many, so much vacation time you have. How do you guys get out of work every, you know, during the course of the season quite a bit? Exactly true. And I tell my guy, hey, be upfront with your employer. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, uh, we as umpires, 
this is our passion. And, but it's an, it's an avocation, not an occupation. Yeah. Oh, definitely. Yeah. And, and so uh, be upfront. A lot of guys use vacation time. Uh, a lot of guys have a good relationship with their, with their employer. A uh, lot. That's why you see a lot of teachers. They're normally done mid afternoon mm-hmm. or early, early afternoon. And so they can get away pretty easy. Uh, uh-huh. Sales guys, sales guys that, that are on commission. Uh, for me, I was a sales guy on commission. And as long as, as long as I had my numbers in, they, they didn't care where I was or what I was doing. Just make sure those numbers are there. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, talk to me a little bit about your, your work life outside of baseball. I know you worked a little bit for the auto club, uh, you know, triple a, and, and then you worked, uh, for factory motor parts and you just mentioned that you were in sales. So you're telling me that as long as your numbers were up, uh, you could be out and about as long as you were, uh, fulfilling your responsibilities, you, you were available to work lots of baseball games. That's, that's a fact. And as you know, uh, especially when you get into D one, uh, you know, early Fridays, you're hopping a plane and going somewhere. Um, <laughs> and so for me, for me, when uh, factory came out to uh, start, start their operation, I was, um, I was in a good place. Um, I started working with them, and uh, they gave me a small territory that was grossing about $35,000 a month in sales, which wasn't a lot of money. Um, after, after 20 years and developing the territory, uh, it was close to $2 million a month. Wow. And so, <laughs> so uh, I had a lot of... Uh, assistants and um, inside salespeople. Uh, and I was, I was fortunate. It was the kind of job where I don't think you could say it was work. I just kind of went out and visited my friends every day. And uh, if, if I was, if I had a ball game or something on a Tuesday afternoon and I couldn't get somewhere, I could call my friend at that, at that job site and say, hey, um, I got uh, I got spark plugs on special this week. Uh, I'm gonna send I'm gonna send you a couple of cases. They say, okay, Rich, sounds good to me. Hang <laughs> it. <laughs> and so it was it was it was fortunate. I was fortunate um, uh, to have a a position that way. I was fortunate to be well liked in the in my occupation. And it was conducive to going out and doing ball games. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and 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 I wish there was more availability from guys because as as good as we have it with our umpires and the staff in Southern California, you know, at the Division One level, th- there's still some obstacles for a lot of guys who who aren't available. And, and you could have an even better product if it was available more to other guys but unfortunately that's just not the case and you know we miss a lot of those guys because they have to you know your career comes first your family comes first absolutely and unfortunately uh, I knew several guys that lost their jobs because of baseball Mm -hmm. um one one of one buddy of mine uh his employer just happened to be reading the newspaper and saw his name in the box score. Said, where, where were you? Where were you yesterday? Oh, I was uh, this. Uh, no, you weren't. You were doing a ball game. <laughs> and, and, oh, that's the best policy, right, Rich? <laughs> oh, it is. It is. Um, especially, uh, especially when you know you're you're trying to uh, sneak around your employer. <laughs> <laughs> That's the irony of all this is that guys who do that, you know, they're, they're trying to, to sneak out from a business uh, that, that provides them opportunity to work, to, to go somewhere else to work and then be, you know, the arbiter of, uh, of justice and, uh, <laughs> and all right, those things. Right. <laughs> so true. 
So there's the deep ironies everywhere. Uh, so, so Rich worked for a long time at the Division One level. There was obviously a point where they didn't do that sub the regional assigning really. It went to more of with the conferences. So it what went, can you tell yeah. about that transition? Once, once, once they the the they put the assigning into each individual conferences responsibility. So yeah. each conference hired an umpiring coordinator. And then, then the coordinator would go out and hire guys for that conference. And they would be some, some demanded exclusivity for that conference. Mm-hmm. Others, others didn't care. Just gave them, just give them so many, so much time, so much availability and they'll slip you in. And for the most part, the majority uh, of the assigners back then, um, as long as you gave them some dates, they were happy. And I was, I was fortunate enough to work for all five conferences in the West. Yeah, and, and a lot of the guys, you said it. I mean, being loyal to a conference, that, that became a whole nother challenge. But, but it was nice when some assigners had multiple conferences. And of course the conferences here in, in California, or I should say the West coast, you know, is the PAC 12, the big West, the West coast conference, the, the WAC, which is the Western athletic conference and then yeah. the mountain West. So there could technically be five different assigners. Uh, yeah, but right. I know that sometimes assigners had multiple conferences and that kind of helps uh, ease things along as far as availability went. Yeah. Well, back when it first started, there was five different ones. Okay. There, there was five different ones uh, when it first got off the ground. Um, and um, it wasn't until, um, oh, Peterson had, he got, he had the pack. He had the pack and then he got the whack. Mm-hmm. And he was the first one to get two. And that then that things started a little different. Then so you started seeing some priorities going. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I totally get that. And you know, there's there's various conferences. Some of us have worked for all of them. Some of us only work for one or two. And you know, I think it's it's just to each his own. No matter what you want to do, if you want to work for multiple conferences, that's fine. But that that has some challenges. And then sometimes when you just work for a couple, as long as you're, you're getting games, you know, you're being assigned multiple games, then that's fine too. Yeah. It, it, it's, it's all, it's all manageable. You know, you, you look at your schedule and you make sure it's manageable. Um, it, it, as a rule, you know, you're going to work, you're going to work a series somewhere. Uh, you fly back Sunday, the only problem, you know, as a rule, there's no game schedule on Monday unless you have some kind of TV conflict. And, yes. now, and now it's going Saturday, Sunday, Monday. <laughs> and, yeah. and now you got to worry about a flight and getting home so that you can go to work Monday. <laughs> um, and... Uh, and then B, as a rule, um, there's uh, Tuesday. Tuesday would be the next day you work. So if you're home Monday, there's no problem. Uh, the only thing is, is if you're working Monday night and now you got to work Tuesday afternoon, hell. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for the college baseball season, it's, it's kind of roughly four months you know, 15 weekends, uh, but it goes a little longer even because there's some overlap with division two and division three. And just for, for those who don't know when an assignments come out, you, if you're a division one baseball umpire or you're division two, you work various, some guys just work division one, other guys work various levels. And what generally happens is the division one conferences put out their assignments. You, you accept your games, then division two puts theirs out with the remaining openings you may have. And then uh, you may work division three, division three assignments come out and then community college as well. So sometimes division one umpires, you know, are being used on community college games 
or, you know, division two guys are working division three games, but there's also plenty of guys that only work JC and division three, you know, it's, so you're getting a, a wide variety of umpires and that, that's gotta be, uh, well, I, I don't know if it's a challenge for you as a, as now a community college assigner, but what, what would you like to speak about that? Well, I, I like to, I like to hire guys that have one of two mentalities. One, they're looking to move up and get better every time they go out. Mm-hmm. Or two, maybe they understand it's gone by them, but they're looking to help the younger guy get better. Mm-hmm. If, I can, if I can get one of those two guys, one of those two mentalities, I can, get, I can have a pretty good crew out there. Yeah. Oh, there's no doubt. And, and, and again, it's all about availability and, you know, you want to put the best product on the field you can on, on a, say a Tuesday afternoon at, at one of your junior college uh, sites. But, but people have to realize that, you know, most of the division one guys are working on Tuesday nights somewhere, oh. somewhere, you and, know, and it gets, it gets tough when we have weather out here. Yeah. We have weather and you get, you have guys that work several different levels high school, JC, D3, D2, D1, and suddenly where you normally play Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday, now you've got weather involved, and now everybody has to move their Thursday games <laughs> to Friday. Yeah. And now <laughs> you've, got, you've got guys that are already assigned D1. Well, they're not going to get off of that. You've got D3 and D2. They're not getting off that. They're assigned for those Fridays. And now you got high school guys that want it. Well, maybe they will, maybe they won't. You just never know. Yeah, for sure. It's it's definitely a trickle down effect. You know, you you're gonna work the highest level that you're that is available to you. And you're not gonna work, uh, you're not gonna give back a a college game to work a high school game. You're not gonna give back a D one game to work a division three game, but you're just not That's gonna right. do it. That's right. You know. There's, there's different uh, levels and different, uh, you know, with each level, there's definitely significant increase in uh, in the monetary side of things. So that's a big reason for it as well. Uh, Well, well, Rich, sounds like you got some, uh, some company there. Is that, is that some of the the grandkids there? My granddaughter and my wife are having, having school time. Oh, got you. So, uh, <laughs> so what has life been like in this, uh, this lockdown? Uh, are you spending more time with the, with the grandkids or, or you find well, uh, more grandma duties? Uh, the little six-year-old, you know, she's, she's here every day and my wife helps with the schoolwork there. Uh, fortunately, mm-hmm. they're not asking me for the schoolwork. <laughs> so, <laughs> um. For me, I, I try to stay up on everything, give, give uh, my crew and stuff a call, try to stay up with, you know, what's going on in baseball, mm-hmm. uh, uh, stay in touch with not just the crew, but guys like Tom Heiler and Dave Yace, um, uh, Billy Hayes, you know, they, they, they kind of have the pulse on what's going on. Scott Taylor, Scott Taylor, yeah. the D2 coordinator. Um, and so it, it, it helps me stay on top, uh, as well as, um, keep, keep guys interested and keep their, keep their minds, you know, Hey, let me think about baseball a little bit. I know they're not Uh doing anything right now, but let me, uh, let me try and keep them thinking about it anyway. Yeah, it's crazy to, to I mean, the, the season, we're not, we're not playing baseball. I mean, we hope we are next by February, you know, next year. And that's a long way away, but there's still, there's still times you talk about baseball. I mean, I was uh, telling some friends uh, yesterday that, yeah, this, this last weekend was supposed to be my final division, uh, my final baseball weekend of the season. And I can't believe how quick it flew by. Oh, yeah. Know. When we were shut down, it was so unfortunate for, for, for the entire country. But I know baseball umpires, observers, everyone in, in, affiliated with baseball it has really felt it. And, it, and it's, it's hurt a little bit. It's sad to see that it, we well, didn't have a season. It certainly did. I, I um, you know, not just, not just the, the, for the working umpires 
and the oh my god, we got some air conditioning work going on. Let me. But not, but the observer, the uh, you know, the guys that are working in the um, in the concession stands, and the guys that are working in the um, uh, at the stadium, parking cars, or doing whatever. Yeah. You know, they're they're all they're all affected. When I observe, I, I I try just not to go out there and watch a baseball game. I try to really watch and see what I can do to help umpires <laughs> see themselves. Um, I, you know, when we're on the field, you're running around and stuff, and you don't really see what you're doing, mm-hmm. and. Unless you get a, unless later you go back and get to get a video, a DVD of yourself, you don't really see it. And so I try to be a DVD for the guys. Yeah, and you know, feedback's so important. It 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 really it really helped me as an umpire. Mm-hmm. And and I look I look and I try to I try basically to look for four things. Um be in position, be in position, um, be decisive, know the rules, and handle your situations. Mm-hmm. Um, if I can help an umpire, I don't care what level he's at. They, you know, one of, one of the, the most um, impressionable umpires that I've ever met is Jeff Hendricks. Here's a guy that's done College World Series. I think he's done four or five now. Um, and whenever I'm observing him, he is the first one to come to ask me, what do you got, Rich? Yeah. It, it, it says a lot when someone with so much experience uh, is still looking for feedback. And, and we've all had feedback before. You, 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 know, you never want to – there's so many yeah, but guys out there instead of just okay take take the feedback you you can do what you want with it but why don't you try it too give it a try you never know i mean if it works for you or not but yeah that i think the best guys in this business are guys that don't think they know it all even with experience they're they're absolutely yeah accept feedback we've kind of changed that a little bit and uh said uh it's the what happened was guy (laughs) <laughs> what happened was I, I had a I had one of the last games I had I had a, a uh, an umpire he was doing second base the play was coming from the right field corner uh, well between first base and um, it wasn't too far in the outfield but the ball was coming it from that angle if you can uh-huh. and so the umpire, the, the play was coming into second base. The, the second base umpire was coming from the outside, and he, and he crossed the throwing lane to get inside. To get inside. And I, I mentioned to him, and fortunately, um, one of the things I do now is I take pictures before the game of different positions, mm-hmm. uh, like, a position, B position, C, D, and, and then when I go to explain, I can bring the picture up and diagram where that umpire happened to be and mm-hmm. what he did on any particular play. And that that brings it up right now. Now you can remember that play. You remember where you were. And so <laughs> I was able to explain to him that rather than crossing the lane – now the ball is to your back. You could go around the outside, around the left to left field, and now it all stays in front of you. Yeah, what absolutely. A, what a difference! What a difference of view looks. You don't have to look <laughs> and not know what's in front of you. It's all in front of you now. <laughs> <laughs> And, and and but that little thing, that little bit, was huge for him. He didn't he didn't see that initially, and so yeah. it really it really worked out pretty cool. And those are the kind of little things that I try to 
to explain. And what, I, what I'll do is, depending on the sensitivity of the umpire, I may not do that. I may not do that in the locker room right after the game. Yeah. I may call him later and we can go over it, which is sometimes much better. Oh yeah. There's, there's a time and a place for certain things and yeah. Giving feedback is a science within itself and, and finding the right time, the right approach. Uh, you know, one of my favorite stories of you, Rich, was <laughs> not too long ago, a few years ago, I was actually working as the instructional chairman of a high school unit, Foothill Citrus, where we both kind of started. And I was watching a, a crew work a game. And uh, one of the guys was, it was a very good umpire. The other guy, he, uh, he carried himself a little too, like with too much swagger type of thing and i mentioned to you hey i'm over at a local high school watching uh one of your guys work because he had worked some community college for you and you said oh i'll be right there you came over and this guy uh, he was on the bases and he did not have a good game not by like he missed a bunch of calls or anything but just from a standpoint of image uh things he was doing mechanically they were just dead wrong and so after the game those guys go to their, their cars to, to change out. I'm, I'm giving them some feedback from things I saw. And then I get to him and I'm kind of, I, I you know, I, I was new to kind of giving feedback and evaluations to people, but I talked for about five minutes and you stepped right in. Cause you were this guy's uh, college assigner. And you said, I'm going to stop Matt right there. He's sugarcoating it. He says, you look, <laughs> I don't want to repeat what you said. Yeah. But you said you look basically you look terrible out there and you told the guy directly. And I was like, you know what? Sometimes the brutal, honest truth just straight to a guy in that situation was the way to go. So I I will never forget that uh, just how direct you were with that guy because he needed to hear it that way at that time. We need we need as umpires, you know, one of the things one of the things all of us need to remember is that we're in the perception business. Yes. And it, you know, we could be a hundred percent wrong, but if we look good, (laughs) (laughs) you know, uh, we can, we can fix it. But if you look bad and you're wrong, Oh no, (laughs) it's not going to work. Absolutely. You, You can't, you can't, uh, you know, there's, there's, there's a lot to be said about being uh, hustling, uh, looking sharp, like, you know, looking sloppy is just, it's just unacceptable. And those are things that you shouldn't have to tell people, but, but you do, because one guy once told me that, you know, you can walk on a field, uh, super sloppy and look, you know, shirts untucked and just look like a total slob and be a really good umpire. And it'll take, it'll take about five innings for people to realize, Oh, you're a pretty good umpire. But if you walk right. on the field, very look, looking sharp. Everything's pressed. Everything's polished. You're wearing the right stuff. People will believe you right off the bat, you know, and, and it'll take five innings for them to realize you're not a good umpire. <laughs> I, you know, simple things, simple things like mechanics. Yeah. Um, on, on the evaluation sheet, um, it goes from one to five, five being the best. Mm-hmm. And I tell them, look, Make me write on the evaluation sheet, crisp and sharp. Mm-hmm. If I can write crisp and sharp, then the evaluation is going to be a four or five. Mm-hmm. If, if I can't write crisp and sharp, then I have no alternative, but it's either a two or a three. <laughs> That's huge. Oh, yeah. Huge and something you have complete control on. Oh yeah, I'm big on that. I mean, yeah. you gotta, you gotta. <laughs> there's this job's hard enough to then to have other obstacles or other challenges. You know, don't make your job harder than it already is because it is a difficult job. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, people, people, if if you if you're crisp and sharp. Carry yourself well. Have have your your uniform look like it belongs to you. 
and, <laughs> and it 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 makes a difference in the perception mm-hmm. and and it it's um it, and it goes along it goes along you, you have somebody like that and i'll be a blue nose catfish if if they don't also are they 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 are they're decisive in their play calling mm-hmm. they 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 don't just run to spots but they run to where the play is going to be best observed mm-hmm. and it's it, it's they're watching the play develop as opposed to going to a spot and trying to adjust from there oh yeah it's it's all connected everything's connected yep. and whether some people get it some people don't uh, well, well, Rich, towards the end of your, your career on the field, uh, you, got, you had the honor to work the, the Division II College World Series in back-to-back years in 2014 and then returned in 2015, but this time as the crew chief. And, and in 15, if, if I remember correctly, those were the last games you worked in your career. So just tell me what that experience was like, not only ending your career, but ending it in back-to-back years uh, working the uh, the most important games of the Division Two level at that time, I felt I felt honored. I felt honored to go in fourteen, and I would have retired after fourteen. But Dan Weichel talked me into coming back as the crew chief, <laughs> and I and I really felt honored um, after the fifteen and. Um, I got to work the championship game, um, which I was, you know, extremely proud of. The last game I did was the championship game. And what I really am stoked about is I did it in an hour and 56 minutes. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) You couldn't wait to, to, to retire, huh? You just wanted a quick one. It was just one of those things where everything fell into place and uh, I was, uh, you know, it was just, it was um, before the game, before the game, um, they announced, they announced that it was my, my last game and uh, many of the fans gave me a standing ovation and and that, that, that just, uh, I had to kind of hold the emotion back a bit. <laughs> that, that was that was something. Well, kind of echoing yeah, it, echoing that that part of it all. Uh, Rich, tell me what it was like after so many years of working baseball games at a very high level. What that was like walking off the field for the for the last time. What were some of the emotions? Some of the thoughts going through your head after that last out was made. Um, you know, you just kind of, uh, wow. Okay. And you're going back and you, and I, I particularly, uh, the, the, our locker room was, uh, out the, uh, left field gates and we're walking up the line and I can remember, I could remember going back, uh, doing some high school playoffs, walking, walking out that way toward the left field fence. And then I, I can remember one game doing with, with uh, Dale Williams and it was a, it was a playoff game and we're both walking off and uh, congratulating one another. And it was pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, just uh, um, some of the guys that helped me get to that position. Uh, there was a guy named Charlie Lupo who, who was just, one of those ball buster umpires that um, did taught you the little things like, you know, what are the dimensions of the ball field? What, <laughs> and, and how many times those little things helped me get a game moving on because I knew, <laughs> you know, a little things, you know, you, um, uh, I, I happen. I don't know why the, but I remember distinctly remembering uh, a. It was a Pony or Colt League playoff game out at Alhambra Park, 
uh, not Alhambra, Azusa, uh, uh, Azusa Park, and um, and a mom coming up to me and just slapping me. <laughs> <laughs> she, her, her, her son was the pitcher, and she just didn't like me. <laughs> and I thought, what a thing to what a thing to think of right then. But I yeah. did. Yeah, so so it sounds like uh, most of your career, at least a, a, a few really significant random moments, at least, flash before your eyes as you're making that final walk off the field. Exactly true. Exactly true. I, I was, uh, I had befriended, that's, uh, that's the, uh, that is in uh, Cary, North Carolina, which is mm-hmm. just outside of Raleigh, Durham. And I had, uh, from the year before, uh, befriended uh, a couple of high school coaches that would come out to the games and uh, mm-hmm. be sitting in the stands and stuff. And I had just befriended them. And I was particularly uh, honored that um, after the game, they came, they came in the locker room and, and congratulated me and were, you know, very, um, just very nice to, you know, have – High school coaches come out and talk to umpires was kind of yeah oh that's kind of cool. cool. Besides doing the uh, um, assigning thing, um, I I'm working with the wounded warriors uh, mm-hmm. and helping them um, achieve a new level of camaraderie. As you know, as you know, baseball with with uh, umpiring. Um, you know, it's much, it's much like the military. Uh, you got uniforms and you got rules and you're, you know, you, you've got to be in certain positions and you need to hustle. And the, the, that's all well and good, but the camaraderie that we, uh, we gain uh, in the umpiring community is stuff that lasts for life. Um, we, um, we have we have wounded, ill, and injured vets that mm-hmm. join the the um, Wounded Warrior Umpire Academy and uh, started in uh, 14, 14, and some of these guys constantly we're we're in touch with them, and many of them will say, if it wasn't for this program, they'd be dead. Oh, that's a really special thing that you're a part of and, and, and Rich, is there any way that people can, I guess, contribute to, to that uh, wounded one wounded warrior umpire Academy or something they can get more information on? Absolutely. You can go to our website, which is uh, wounded warrior umpire Academy.org. Okay. So everyone who's interested in that, be sure to check it out. Be careful that we are not the wounded warrior project. Okay. We're the, the Wounded Warrior Umpire Academy, and it's the next slot down. Mm-hmm. And, and you can open that up, and it tells you about the board, tells you about our history, tells you about um, a lot of the individuals that, uh, that have come to us. Um, we've had um, amputees, amputees that um, thought they, they would never be able to do mm-hmm. much. And and now they're they're active umpires. Um, wow! We we have uh, we had uh, <clears throat> one gal who her leg was pretty pretty chewed up, um, and she was able to hobble along, and then the next year uh, she lost it altogether, and mm. and she called us back. She called us back and said, "All right, you guys taught me how to do it on two legs. Now teach me how to do it on one." Oh wow! And and wow. <laughs> pretty pretty cool. Pretty uh, we had we had a guy who was in a wheelchair. We had no idea how we were going to do that, but but we were ready to do it. We were we were going to see if we couldn't make it make it happen. And um, some he said you know he. He'd been away so long and he had promised his wife that he was going to stay close. And so he never showed up, but that's, it's, it's a, it's really an honor when 
you have these wounded, ill, and injured vets who are a pretty close-knit group. Mm-hmm. And, and they open up and accept you in. And um, I got to be careful because I get emotional over this stuff pretty quick. Well, well, Rich, I will say, uh, you know, you've had a great career. You've done a lot of great things, but, but I think this is probably the best thing you've done. And, and I'm, I'm po- almost positive it's probably the thing you're most proud of, proud of from your umpiring work. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Even to this day, when, when you have them calling you from different parts of the country and they're, they're asking you questions because they're little league guys or they're <laughs> high school guys are, are, are saying one thing and we had taught another. And it, it really is neat that they, they're calling you and saying, <laughs> hey, what, what do you think? What should I do here or what should I do there? Pretty cool. What a, what a special group of people to to join the the umpiring fraternity. Uh, they are they're warriors. They're they're heroes, and I think it is incredible work that you're doing with them. Uh, I hope uh, everyone listening will definitely check it out, get involved somehow, one way or another. Uh, those are very special people, and, I, and I'm really glad to hear hear that, Rich. So thank you for the work that you're doing there. Well, Rich, the last thing I wanted to ask you about before we wrap it up is about your professional work as an actor. What can you tell me about uh, the work you do and some of the acting you've done? Well, um, it was quite an accident um, <laughs> for, uh, for the the movie Moneyball. Uh, mm-hmm. They were looking for actual umpires and I was on the, the, uh, the PAC 12 roster and they needed a dark complected umpire. So <laughs> that, that was me. And I got to thank Billy Hayes. I think he, uh, talked the guy into rather than do central casting for umpires. Let's get real ones. <laughs> and, and so the, uh, the casting director, said sure and pulled up the the Pac-12 roster and I was on it and asked me if I'd like to if I was available in the month of October (laughs) (laughs) and he said yeah he he said are you available in the month of October to come up to Oakland for a week I said sure wow and so uh we shot uh, we shot the uh the scenes there in in the Coliseum (laughs) Uh, on the twenty, the game twenty home run, and or the game twenty win, and um, uh, I was I was fortunate enough to have some speaking part, a little speaking mm-hmm. part, and and um, that entitled me to my SAG card. Oh, so I was able to get my SAG card from that and. Uh, you know, uh, 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 the the manager, the manager who was managing was uh, um, Phillips. So Philip Seymour Hoffman. Seymour Seymour Hoffman. Seymour Philip Hoffman. That's it. And um, and I we got to interact. We had a, a scene on the mound where he says, you know. Well, what do you think I should do? And I said, I think you should bring somebody in here to throw strikes. <laughs> <laughs> That's a great idea. And unfortunately, they cut that part and they oh. cut it. Uh, uh, but but that that part and also had a a argument with a um, with a batter who was chortling about the strike zone, and and I I said, hey, you know. You're talking about the strike zone, and you're hitting two thirty. <laughs> you keep taking those pitches, and you're going to be hitting two hundred. And he took exception, and we went at it. And the directors liked that so well that they had us do it again. <laughs> and I, and um, yeah, he said, "This time, do it again, but don't toss him." And so I did it again, and I thought for sure that would go in, the, and it didn't. Go, it didn't go in. And I get it; it wasn't conducive to the movie, but boy, but that was sure fun. <laughs> Those scenes got me my sag. Okay, 
um, I thought, well, I'm going to be off the field here soon. What am I going to do? And so I thought acting would be kind of fun. And I went and took some lessons and stuff. And um, it, it, uh, it, that was fun. And I got a few, I did a few commercials and a few uh, uh, public service announcement things and um, a couple of B movie things. And it was, it was fun. I, I enjoyed it. And then uh, I, I really kind of, got disenchanted it was it, it most of it's done in hollywood uh or um north hollywood west hollywood studio city culver city and you you go out there for an audition and it's not so bad if for me if i get out there at 10 o'clock 11 o'clock in the morning i can get back here before the traffic starts <laughs> But when they walk you out there at two or three in the afternoon and then it takes you two hours to get back, it just wasn't mm. it for me. So I kind of uh, died out a little bit on it. Still got, still got some friends and, and uh, there's, there's a, uh, there's a couple of baseball movies in the work because my friends are doing it. Uh, may have to dust off the old lines. Yeah. <laughs> Well, very cool. Uh, I mean, are there a few other movies you can you can mention that people might know about that you were in? Um, that was the that was the that was the biggest one was Moneyball. Um, I did one called Sharkskin, uh, which I was a, a street a street uh, street hood. Say, brother, I know I know you need to watch. <laughs> um, and. Uh, uh, what was uh, there was one called um, Ten Thousand Miles, okay. which was an army uh, army rangers type movie where I played a master sergeant. Mm-hmm. Um, and those are the only three movies. I did a, a Burger King commercial, a, a uh, public service announcement for uh, bus riders. Uh, you know that's uh, you know it wasn't it wasn't a huge career. I still get some residual chats which is kind of kind of fun very cool (laughs) well uh that's awesome rich it's you know we don't get to talk to too many actors uh here on the podcast so uh we appreciate your your thoughts on that uh i really appreciate your your dedication to baseball i think you you've put a lot of time and effort into your life involving baseball i'm really proud of the work you're doing with the wounded warrior umpire academy uh, it's fun to talk baseball, acting, just about anything under the sun with you. I really look forward to us having a season next year. I, I, I'm pretty confident, ah, yeah, I I'm pretty confident we'll yes. have one. Uh, you do great work as an observer. You, you're one of the people I really appreciate the feedback from, uh, and you're doing great work as a, a community college signer for the various conferences you're in. So uh, you're definitely a baseball guy and, a, and a definitely a mom. A, big member of the brotherhood. I know a lot of guys look up to you. So thank you so much for being here on the program and sharing so much with us today. Hey, thanks, Matt. Another thank you to Rich Padilla. Really appreciate your time. It's a lot of fun talking about baseball and a little bit of acting and of course the great work you are doing with the Wounded Warrior Umpire Project. Definitely check that out, the website he mentioned, and yeah, don't get it confused with the, the other Wounded Warrior Project, although both are great causes and should be supported. Uh, yeah, check them both out while you're at it, I guess I should say, right? Anyway, guys, that'll wrap up another episode of the Get Home Safe Podcast. Thanks for joining us today. I do want to say, uh, you know, God bless everyone. Godspeed out there. Uh, stay safe. Get home safe. All of the above. Uh, that goes for everyone. I mean, I'm, I'm really uh, concerned about my fellow citizen, my fellow man, uh, I think we can uh, hopefully in the very near future uh, start moving in the right direction instead of this uh, backwards direction we seem to be going. Uh, Guys, you can always follow our information on our various social media platforms, our Twitter handle, of course, Get Home Safe Pod, our Facebook and Instagram page, Get Home Safe Podcast, and our email address is gethomesafepodcast at yahoo.com. We operate through the Anchor app, but you can follow and listen to 
the Get Home Safe podcast episodes through Apple, Spotify, many other platforms. Wherever you listen to us, we appreciate your listenership. We are continuing to grow. Uh, This is a very difficult time we're all going through right now. Not trying to take away from anything that's going on. Just want to continue to put out shows. Uh, The show goes on type of thing. And we'll definitely have some conversations about some current events, not just sports and baseball and football and officiating but that is kind of our theme as we uh, as a show so we also want to definitely speak up and and, uh, get some different perspectives on what is going on around the country so thanks for tuning in appreciate it looking forward to our conversation with joe baldino tomorrow so be sure to tune in tomorrow morning we may or may not have episodes over the weekend still haven't decided but if we do take saturday and sunday off we will be back on monday uh ready to go with a full slate of guests again and we'll move forward from there but guys whatever you're doing whether you're out on the town or around at third base get home safe Thank you.